Welcome to Nude Radio with your host, Kenny Heflin, and I'm joined by one of my awesome friends. I would love for him to introduce himself because uh, I don't think I can do him the, the justice, but <laughs> but go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. Corey L. Scott, C-O-R-Y-L-S-C-O-T-T. Yes. And Corey, before we start, is there any uh, way that you would want any of the nudists to get in contact with you if they want to look you up, be nosy, reach yeah. out to you? All my social media is my name, everything, everywhere. Corey L. Scott. Ain't no E or no dumb shit. Just oh Corey God. L. Scott on Instagram. Uh, do I have a TikTok? I think so. I ain't, I ain't posted nothing. Instagram, Twitter, everything is Corey L. Scott. Do we follow each other on, t- on Twitter? I think we do. I think we do. Okay. I don't post much on Twitter either. Oh. Well, with that being said, of course, make sure to follow Nude Radio on Twitter and Instagram under the same name, Nude Radio 101. And if you want to reach out to me and slide in my DMs respectfully, of course, on Instagram, then make sure to follow me on uh, Instagram at Kenny Heflin. And of course, make sure to share this episode with all your friends, all your family, your lovers, whoever we like that. Do I have to tell people that they can slide in my DMs in one way or listen? If you disrespectful, I probably ain't gonna respond to your shit. Oh, depending on what type of disrespect it is, but most disrespect won't get a response from me. I just don't respond. What's too disrespectful for you since we didn't touch on it? Here is a rule. Do not send me unsolicited nudes. Mm -hmm. Don't approach me like you know me. Mm. Start off a conversation Mm -hmm. and the conversation will go where it will go. Mm -hmm. But unsolicited nudes and just starting off talking to me like you know me. I'll just ignore that shit. Like somebody say, hey, bro, how's your day going? Or, I don't know. That, that's fine. Okay. But I got a message a couple of weeks ago from somebody. Are you in New York? It's like, what? Bitch, who are you? Not the bitch, who are you? I didn't, even, I didn't even respond. I just deleted it and kept moving. Well, and no unsolicited nudes, right? No. And then, like, it's weird. Like, you send your asshole, and I don't even know your name. What if it's a nice booty hole? It's nice without a name. Mm. Okay. Have some respect for yourself. Some cooth. Some. In the DMs. Well, I mean, you know, y'all, look, slide in his DMs respectfully um, and get to know him before you start to send And it things. don't have to be pretentious. Like, because if niggas want to slide, niggas are going to slide, this right? This is true. Which is fine. But have some sense. Don't, don't just, like, objectify yourself. And certainly not me, because you won't get anywhere with that. Do you send nudes? Do I send nudes? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, because my social media um, advisor brand manager 
um, one of my closest friends and life companion has made sure that I'm clear about what I can and cannot do on social. I remember we talked about this early on in the clubhouse days. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. She told me that I have to post like my last name is Obama. Oh. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. this month during Pride, mm-hmm. she has not made any comment about any of my social posts. And you've seen them. I have. Her silence is a response. Quite interesting. <laughs> is she angry? Um, she's not angry, but I might be I might get a tug lashing a little bit. Okay. The the pride underwear picture. We that like those. that'll be the one that she said something about. That was, but that but she's cute. giving me grace. Okay. We've grown a lot over the years. Well, we love grace, especially in the month of pride. You know, it's nicely June, and I finally got Corey here in Los Angeles. Yes. You know, so when people ask, "Are you in New York?" Well, now you know. I'm no. recording in L.A. Mm-hmm. I live in New York. There we go. Make sure to look them up if y'all want to, you know, hop on that train or something. Hmm. Anywho. Yeah. With, uh, with this month being Pride Month, I wanted to touch on this particular topic for years. Yeah. Uh, since I started new radio back in 2020. And uh, obviously with the Pride Month and everything, you know, I always look into showing respect and um, and just like admiration to the gays, you know, the pioneers that came before us, uh, who I call the gay ancestors. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to touch on this particular topic of uh, what it's like to have disclosure and um, status when it comes to uh, your um, HIV status, STIs, what it looks like when you're dating, when you're courting someone in a relationship, you know, what's that timeline, if anything, what kind of trust. Um, so definitely wanted to, you know, touch on that topic and stuff. And I think that you would be one of the best people to expound upon this particular uh, topic and everything and give us some background and, and your insight, you know. Okay. So I'll answer, I guess, now at this point in my life, I start out, out front. Like, <clears throat> my status is not a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, my HIV status. Because when we talk about status, it's more than just HIV status. Your mm-hmm. overall health status is really important. Mm-hmm. And that's more than just your sexual health mm-hmm. status. So I want to be clear about that, like when you talk about what's your status, people mm-hmm. think HIV, but mm-hmm. we need to expand that beyond just thinking about HIV mm-hmm. because it's, it's a whole lot more expansive because I can tell you that I'm HIV negative and I don't share my mental health status with you. And True. baby, that shit's going to come and bite you in the ass in this relationship yes. when you find out later that mm-hmm. I have some mental health dynamic mm-hmm. that presents complications, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're talking about disclosure and status, it, it has to be more than just what's your HIV status? Mm-hmm. What's your STI status? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to talk about it much, you and I. Mm-hmm. But even when people have some expectation that trans identified individuals disclose their trans identity. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same. 
that's a whole nother topic. Mm -hmm. Um, girl, you can kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I start out out front with that information because for a long time it haunted me. Mm -hmm. Like, even the questions that you ask, like, how long do you Mm -hmm. wait? Mm -hmm. Is it the first date or the third date? Is it right? Do I tell the nigga? Is it on the app? Right. Mm -hmm. It's on the app. I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a conversation about it. Um, I'm gonna pull up my chart. I'm gonna ask you about yours. I love my chart. All yeah, of I'm that. Put my chart. Um, because I am not going to run around in life being afraid of a question mm-hmm. or how people respond to the question. You can pick it whatever way you want. Pick, choose. God damn it. I'm not. Ain't gonna make me no different. So you decide you don't want to deal with somebody who has HIV, who lives with it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. God bless. There's a hundred niggas who will. Mm-hmm. A thousand niggas who will. A million niggas who absolutely will. Mm. And I'm fine. So, um, so it comes up for me pretty early. Mm-hmm. But I know that's, that wasn't always the case. Um, and I know with other people, it won't always be the case because of a lot of things. There's, uh, the element of embarrassment and fear and safety Mm -hmm. and all of these things are more than just personal, like your social safety, your financial safety, Mm -hmm. um, what it means, you know, depending on where you live in the country your freedom mm-hmm. like you being free and not incarcerated may very well come into play so people have different equities when it comes to disclosing mm-hmm. and i understand that but it's a conversation that people need to have with themselves and people that are close to them so you are unpacking um or rifling through even if you're not unpacking mm-hmm. so you know what the fuck is in the bag true very true yeah, so the fear of rejection, regardless of what the desire was, if I wanted a relationship, if I just wanted sex, or even very early, because it's been 11 or 12 years now mm-hmm. for me, but even friends, mm. like people had sideways shit to say and determine whether or not you wanted to be friends with somebody because of their status. In 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. Wow. Um, it was a, I mean, what difference 10 years makes. It, mm-hmm. was, it was completely different. Even during that time, I was on PrEP mm-hmm. before it was even PrEP. My doctor was prescribing it to me what's called off-label, mm-hmm. which is the medication is designed and approved for this, mm-hmm. but we know it works for this, so we're going to prescribe it to you that way anyways. Mm. So I was doing that um, because my partner at the time was positive and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so before it was even approved as PrEP, I was, I was taking it. Um, and people, what people knew about it then was completely different. Mm-hmm. Like the undetectable equals um, untransmittable Mm -hmm. campaign, you equals you. 
has done a great deal of work in community about that. So stuff was really different. It was it was really different. So like the nervousness about whether or not like I like this dude, mm-hmm. like we got a dope vibe. Um, everything is great. Now I got to, you know, let the elephant come trampling through the fucking room because mm-hmm. now I got to tell, you know, that I have HIV. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like the awkward moment, like you trying to suck my dick or we're about to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, stop. Let me tell you my status now. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I didn't, like, now I have to tell you after. Mm. Um, and that's even more pressure, even more awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even being undetectable at one point, it was still awkward. Like, hey, I got to tell you this because I have to tell you, mm-hmm. but you're not, you know, at any risk. There's nothing, any danger. Mm-hmm. And now that feeling of dishonesty or, you know, the projection of betrayal from the person, like all of that shit is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so working your way through that, especially when you don't. Like, community the way it exists now did not exist in 2013, 2014, when I was, like, trying to get through being newly diagnosed and changing medications and figuring it out and all the stigma and shit around that. I mean, but I know, like, obviously we've had, like, a decade of of time, but would you say that, you know, I guess awareness has gotten better or... The stigma of, you know, the virus has become like lessened as time has gone by or somewhat, both. somewhat. But mm. I think black folks in particular, uh, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> I when I make generalized statements, they're about black folks because mm-hmm. my generalized life is black. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about anybody else. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about other people, I say I'm talking about other people. So if I make a general statement, it's about black folk. That's for the audience. So y'all understand. Yep. Um, but we have a tortured relationship with science and medicine as a community mm-hmm. anyways. And so that puts us in a position where we don't even have the information or comfortability in the space mm-hmm. to understand or what's going on in our own bodies, what's going on in community or any of that. Mm-hmm. And that's hundreds of years in the making. Mm-hmm. The way that white power structures have treated black folk as it relates to medicine mm-hmm. and science mm-hmm. has been egregious and terrorizing. Mm-hmm. And so we've created some distance in between that space, which accounts for why black folk have poor health outcomes in a number of instances. Mm -hmm. So it's no mystery to me that black folk are overrepresented in new diagnoses of any disease Mm -hmm. or go untreated for longer periods Mm -hmm. and then end up in end stage development of whatever that disease is. We have higher breast cancer rates because we don't go to the doctor and get checked. Same for prostate cancer, all Mm -hmm. of these different things. Mm -hmm. So HIV is no different than, Mm -hmm. than the other chronic illnesses that we deal with in community that we don't know what the fuck is going on and don't get the information. And then when we do, oh, it's too late. 
This is true. Right. And so working your way through that and and getting to this point is going to be hard, even though all of these public health education campaigns have been wildly successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a lot of work to be done. Like in New York right now, the cases of HIV, um, new diagnoses for black queer men, especially has plummeted mm-hmm. with you equals you because people are taking advantage of prep and different things like that now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, five years ago, there was a lot of talk about the fact that by 2030, mm-hmm. 50% of black queer men would, would likely be um, positive for HIV. Mm-hmm. Now that trend has slowed down because mm-hmm. of U equals U and PrEP availability and, and PEP mm-hmm. availability and stuff like that. So, so in that way, it's changed, but we still got generations and centuries of shit to overcome as far as black folk and health are concerned. So I don't dis, I don't disassociate that from this conversation, mm-hmm. right? That, that has to be in the back of your mind. And it's different because people look at HIV like the boogeyman, mm-hmm. the gay boogeyman. Right. Right. That's that shit that the fags get. Mm-hmm. Right. You gay motherfuckers. That's, you know, the, the gay disease. Mm-hmm. Is how people thought about it. And that was only one lifetime ago. Yeah. My mama's. Yeah. And mine. Right. Mm-hmm. I was a baby mm-hmm. when it was the worst in the 80s and the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it ain't even a whole lifetime separated from people having that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still stigma and stuff like that. But it's a little different now. It's, you know, it's, it's not unusual because of how how widely prevalent it is in our community mm-hmm. and those of us i'm really proud of so many of my friends and colleagues who actually do work um and formalize and and i'm saying that like i don't mm-hmm. but they work for research institutions and government organizations and pharmaceutical companies doing this type of work mm-hmm. um so i'm really really proud of them but yeah it's they're still Still stupid people um, and the stupid people are the ones that get on my nerves. The ones that, that just don't have access to the information mm-hmm. um, and don't know. Those are different than the stupid motherfuckers who just reject mm-hmm. science and reason and all of that. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing. You know, when I was 17, I started working at a clinic uh, by my house in Michigan. and. Uh, it was my job to get my friends, family members, whoever uh, tested. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, you know, they would come up, they would do the whole testing and everything like that. They'll get like a $10, uh, what was it, like a $10 Target gift card. And I mean, but, and then I would get a $10 Target gift card too. <laughs> so, you know, I was working them streets, uh, getting out the information and whatnot. Target gift cards. Yeah, gift. I was in high school and... $10 going to buy you a bar of soap today. Okay. Now, of course, this was back in 2007. But, you know, I got my Coney Island. You know, I got my, you know, I got my little snacks and stuff like that or whatever. But I felt that I was also doing a service to myself, but also to my community. And at that time, I still hadn't even come out the closet yet. 
But what I wanted to do, especially coming from a household with a mother who's a medical professional, and at that time I wanted to get into medicine. She thought I was going to be a doctor, but I ended up switching uh, courses after freshman year. But, you know, um, it was my job that I felt to educate myself as much as possible when it came to HIV, to chlamydia, to gonorrhea, to syphilis, um, you know, which a lot of times people forget about those particular, you know, STIs at this point, um, just because you see a lot of us on PrEP, you know, who are HIV negative. And, you know, we, you know, be flying up in asses and stuff and Ross Law and all that shit. You hear that on yeah. Twitter? Um, I just got asked a, a question about that um, last night. Surprisingly. I saw mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. How do you feel about that whole Ross Law thing? So it's, <laughs> it's something we got to talk more about. Mm-hmm. I just had this conversation when we were at lunch after the uh, queer representation in Hollywood panel that Nia was on, mm-hmm. that Nia did. Mm-hmm. And we were at lunch and we were talking and one of the girls, you know, said something about safe sex. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about condoms. Mm-hmm. I said, so what does safety mean in that regard to somebody who's allergic to latex? Mm-hmm. Is that safe? No. Right? No, no, no. Like, what does that mean for somebody who has, right, anal sensitivity issues mm-hmm. that can be exacerbated by um, a barrier? Mm-hmm. So we got to, it's stuff to talk about more. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason motherfuckers like, Raw sex. It's not. It, hello. Yeah. There's a reason. So so let's talk about it mm-hmm. and be honest, and then we can get to how we mitigate risk factors, mm-hmm. um, and how we can still achieve and enjoy right pleasure. Yep. But having everything in view, my grandmother and and I say this to people and people. Laugh when I say it. My grandmother used to have this statement that she made with me, and we didn't have the, you know, the typical conversation growing up about sex. But she mm-hmm. used to say, um, "If you can't fuck with the lights on, you don't need to be fucking." Ooh. And what she was actually saying mm-hmm. when we would talk about it was like, "You need to know what's going on, mm-hmm. and if you can't do it out in the open, if you can't do it without it being secret." squirrel type shit without Mm -hmm. hiding stuff you don't need to be doing it so if you can't fuck with the lights on communication if you can't fuck with the lights on actual light visual if you can't fuck with the lights on consent like Mm -hmm. we don't if i don't understand what's going on in this realm of sex Mm -hmm. we don't need to be doing it yep and so i took that and applied it to to so many things as it relates to sex. So mm-hmm. let's turn the light on. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's figure out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> my mom and I had the conversations about condoms. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Because my, my youngest sister is grown now. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my mother's life, she's 
she was about to be on her own, like mm-hmm. not living with anyone. Mm-hmm. My mom only lived by herself, I think six months of her whole life Whoa. ever lived by herself, just her. Interesting. And so I had to have the conversation with her about condoms. Mm-hmm. And she was like, boy, what are you trying to talk to me about this? I said, mommy, don't play with me mm-hmm. because you had 13 pregnancies. At the time, I only knew about 13. Mm-hmm. She had actually had 14 pregnancies. Mm-hmm. STIs are really prevalent in nursing homes mm-hmm. because it's a closed community. Yep. And with the advent of people who are outside of those communities having mm-hmm. sex with them, everybody's just having sex. Just fucking. And yeah. And you think because you're a senior citizen, uh, the clap don't care about you. It don't. So. And it'll come get your ass at that senior center, too. Mm, mm, um, mm. And so I had to talk about talk about it with my mom. So the answer to the question about how I feel about it is for some people, yeah, raw is law. OK. And what are the statutes to that mm-hmm. law? Because the law is not just one sentence. Right. What what else goes into that? Mm-hmm. Raw is law. But but I need to know your health status. Mm-hmm. Raw is law. But if something comes up, you need to communicate with me about it mm-hmm. raw is law and i'm gonna talk with you about how many other partners i'm having condomless sex with mm-hmm. raw is law um if you notice something mm-hmm. say something raw is law if you have a question about mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. ask the question mm-hmm. i agree because it's just like when when we're out here and when we out here in the streets and all that stuff you know we fucking Sometimes, you know, you may catch us at a certain stroke of midnight, uh, early in the morning when I'm most horniest. Um, but a lot of times we don't be thinking with our, our big head mm-hmm. and we be thinking with our little head. Yeah. And sometimes that can get us mixed up and get us into a whole little swamp of mess. So it kind of makes you think about what it looks like uh, when disclosing certain information when it comes to, um, you know, disclosing information, like you said, like with the partners that you may be having condomless sex with. Um, Just because I said it on an episode last season, when we talk about safe sex, like you were talking about from the last panel, sex with prep is safe sex. It's condomless sex. Right. And learning how to, use different language, you know, and knowing like, the importance of it. Safe implies that there is some element of unsafety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as a linguistic tool, mm-hmm. I often talk to people about removing negative propositions from your language. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Not, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It might be, I have to find a different way to do this. Gotcha. Not that it's, you know, unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. It's not safe sex. It's condomless sex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you could be having sex with a condom and your safety still be at risk. Sure can. That's called any number of things. Yep. Assault. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coercion. Any mm-hmm. number of things. Right? Yep. So... The way that we talk about stuff cues up things for us subconsciously that we might not realize 
that we play into. So condomless sex is, is the language that I employ mm-hmm. um, and the ideas around that. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta talk about that stuff and people get uncomfortable. And again, my grandmama said, if you can't fuck with the lights on, you need to be doing it. If you can't talk about what you want to do to me, mm-hmm. why you want to do it? See, and I feel that, you know, because the thing is, especially with the whole Ross Law movement, it's just like you it's have it's yes. the movement, right? The agenda with some some of the gays. I feel like, you know, that can be misconstrued. It can be mishandled and abused in certain yeah. situations, especially with our younger generation who may be in, you know, uh, countries or states, you know, in certain counties within, you know, just America that does not have access to prep and education about what it is to prevent HIV and, of course, the other STIs with condom sex. So it's, it's, I don't know, like, it's a, it's a double-edged sword in a way, because it's just like, you got this younger generation is coming up, whereas for me, I'm also millennial and I also know the weight of what having condomless sex and not having certain protections like PrEP, you know, to safeguard you and growing up in a state like Michigan, in a city like Detroit, uh, that was hit very hard with HIV and, and having lost friends who should be 32 years old, you know, right now, like my age right now, but because of the lack of education you know, and the coercion in certain situations, the relationships and trust that they thought that they had yeah. in their partners, you know, those things like Ross Law can sometimes be dangerous when you don't have that access. So I feel like, you know, I say if you have that particular access, by all means, educate yourself, get on a get on the pill if you do uh, happen to get on it. You know, um, I have people I've had friends who were afraid How to get on the pill. On birth control? I've been because you... <laughs> y'all yeah y'all know y'all I call know. it the birth control. I've been on prep since uh, twenty eighteen, so four years. But I was like some of my other friends. I should have got on it before, like back in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I wasn't having condomless sex, but I still was very hypochondriac and very like you know sexually repressed at that time before I became a hoe. But you know, I should have got on it early, but I was so scared of the side effects. Mm. which I want to get into that. Yeah. I have friends who have not gotten on the the medication because of the potential side effects. Whereas I should have got on it again four years prior than when I had got on it. But I was so afraid of the potential side effects, the, the gastrointestinal problems and diarrhea, nausea and vomiting, you know, and that prolonged my getting on the actual medication and the funny thing is, I got on it and I had zero side effects. Right. I was like, no, nah, ain't that about a bitch. So, have you traveled out of the country? Uh, yes. You ha- have you had to take the malaria medication? No. Okay. Anybody who has knows mm-hmm. that them same side effects that you talking about, you scared of, mm-hmm. is what the fuck you gonna get when you gotta go to Ghana mm-hmm. or, or any other part of the world where you got to take a, a malaria vaccine or pills, mm-hmm. yellow fever, mm-hmm. um, or anything. You know how many side effects there are listed for Tylenol? There's so many. It's like over 900. It's a long ass fucking list. And motherfuckers got the little 
blister packs where you can go into a gas station mm-hmm. and get it for two dollars. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody talking about no goddamn side effects. You ain't you ain't worried about no goddamn side effects then. Mm-hmm. Nobody's worried about side effects when you got to take Theraflu. This is true. Nobody's worried about side effects when you pop in herbals, mm-hmm. right? Or any of these things. And so there's a sex negative idea mm-hmm. that is attached to this, mm-hmm. right? With a little bit of science. Right. Because there are side effects, mm-hmm. right? Um, PrEP. Yes. Truvada mm-hmm. was the only PrEP medication for the longest period of time. Mm-hmm. And for a subset of people who took PrEP, namely black men between their 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. had um, as a side effect that they tracked a higher level of kidney toxicity mm-hmm. when they were taking PrEP. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, um, I don't, I don't want to say a number. I'm going to make up a number. Mm-hmm. Think somewhere like 20 to 30% right. might have experienced some kidney toxicity mm-hmm. on prep. Mm-hmm. So 70 to 80% is fine. But 20 to 30 people experience some kidney toxicity, liver toxicity issues, especially when we talk about ATZ yep. and early HIV medications. Mm-hmm. People have that stigma as well attached to prep. Mm. That's completely different than the Truvada slash prep side effects. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Um, but it gives people the opportunity for that to be their reason. Mm-hmm. And again, I just said the opportunity for it to be their reason instead of saying that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a negative proposition that I'm trying to remove. Correct. Because I understand that the opportunity has presented itself because we know what ATZ did. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And we know, again, black folks history with medicine and how we're skeptical. Mm-hmm. So opportunity and reason. Mm-hmm. And you got to approach it that way rather than motherfuckers just making excuses. You could be doing better. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of yourself. Well, I didn't make this shit up. Yeah. And so because of that, like I had to have conversations with people about, okay, let's talk about these side effects and how we mitigate that. Mm -hmm. If you take amoxicillin because you got a toothache Mm -hmm. or you had a tooth removed, Mm -hmm. it is going to hit your stomach hard. Yes. In the same gastrointestinal issues you would have taking amoxicillin for 14 days, mm-hmm. right? Because you got tooth extracted is mm-hmm. the same experience you would have if you took PrEP. Right. So how do we mitigate that? The old black recipe, right? Mm. For everything. Ginger ale. Or some Robitussin. Right? Or some Robitussin. Mm-hmm. Or any number of things. Mm-hmm. Or what time of the day you take, take the medication, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you took it at, at the beginning of the day. Now you got the bubble guts all while you at work, at school or whatever, yep. instead of taking it at night mm-hmm. while you're sleeping and your body is doing its digestive stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or whether or not you took it with medication, mm-hmm. uh, rather with food. Yep. Right. All of that stuff affected it. And we don't talk enough about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that kidney toxicity thing was really, really important, especially for black folk. Um, and then the company continued to work on it. And so now um, Truvada is still on the market as PrEP. Mm-hmm. But um, one, two generations out from Truvada, the new formula um, is Descovy. Yep, which right? I take now. Descovy is Truvada's grand, grandchild. Right. And Descovy has practically a 0% kidney toxicity profile. Mm-hmm. So now what's your reason? This is true. Because we eliminated that opportunity for that to be a reason anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? And we got to be able to talk about that. And exactly. ask people questions like, what worked for you? What mm-hmm. didn't work for you? I remember when I started on my, my, my regimen, mm-hmm. I think the first pill I took was a tripler. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tripler complera. And then I got to where I am now. Um, either a tripler or a complera, whichever one of them. Mm-hmm. That motherfucking shit gave me like the weirdest dreams and nightmares oh. ever. And it was one of the listed side effects. What were you dreaming about? All types of Woodstock ass floating through the ceiling, weird. You was astral dreams. projecting or something? Yes, it was. It was terrible. And sometimes they would be like horror, like a rhino chasing me and like impaling. The dreams were nuts. Oh. They were absolutely <laughs> out of this fuck? world. Interesting. Um, and I went to my doctor and I said, no, immediately, honey. Mm-hmm. It was a tripler. Mm-hmm. And I switched to Complera. Gotcha. I said, because we're not doing this. If I got to deal with HIV or the dreams, baby, I'm going to deal with the HIV because them dreams. It's a no. I have no peace. None. And so, so I switched because of that. But you, again, you got to be able to talk to your, your doctor mm-hmm. about what's going on. You mm-hmm. think you just have weird dreams and you don't think it's connected to the fact that you just started this medication. Like, you got to pay attention to all of that stuff. I agree. Yeah. I mean, because for us here in, in Los Angeles, like, I am in a program where I get my medication. Uh, every three months I got to get tested. You mm-hmm. know, they have to run the blood test, the full panel, everything. Yeah. You know, they have to test the kidneys, the, you know, the calcium levels. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful for I'm very grateful for like all those tests just because it's like, all right, well, you know, I get to have not only uh, some type of physical, but then also, again, knowing my full panel of like health tests and everything like yeah. that. And just where I'm at. Um, I know when it comes to disclosure, say, for example, if you're dating someone yeah. and you happen to, uh, if you're sexually exclusive, yes, at least, right? Mm-hmm. And say, for example, if you happen to have like one of those nights, one of those mornings, and you didn't happen to contract something. Okay. What is that like when it comes to um, disclosing and telling your partner? Um, that one of y'all, because it could have been them too, but all you know is what you did, that one of y'all could have potentially uh, exposed someone to a STI or... Or rather introduced something. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that's always a an interesting topic. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> and I'm on pushback against what you just said mm-hmm. about well, it could have been them. Mm-hmm. Take responsibility for your damn self. Very true. And don't make no assumptions about nobody else. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not with you 24 hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in a relationship with you, I assume that there's a level of trust. Mm-hmm. And so because I trust you, I'm not going, I'm not going, well, it could have been you mm-hmm. when I know I did some shit. Just mm-hmm. take responsibility. One. And there's going to be one of them opportunities where you got to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that might mean you got to talk about some shit that you may not have talked about before. Don't want to talk about. Uh, have avoided talking about y'all don't like talking about because you talked about it before and it was tense. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, baby, you're going to have to talk. This is true. You're going to have to talk. And if that's a problem, you better figure out another way. Mm-hmm. You got to establish uh, like evacuation routes, right? Mm-hmm. Like if there's a natural disaster or something in the city, there are evacuation routes. Yep. That you got to take. Mm-hmm. Listen, these are the evacuation routes for our relationship mm-hmm. with shit that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. You got to figure that stuff out ahead of time. And when when the time comes, you got to bite the bullet and just deal with it and have the conversation. Yep. That's that's just that. And it's happened with me. It's happened I've, with me too. I've, I've had <laughs> to have the conversation and and take ownership of my shit. Mm hmm. Because uh, it wasn't me being honest all the time. I was fucking around. And, mm-hmm. and he didn't know. Mm. And so now I got to have that conversation. Or um, we were in a relationship and we knew that mm-hmm. we had other sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Right? And we could talk about those experiences. Or I've been in a relationship where he knew that I had other sexual partners mm-hmm. and he didn't want to talk about it. Gotcha. But if something came up, let me know. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it's one of those things that you gotta, gotta talk about. And I remember an instance happening where somebody reached out to me cause we were regular sexual partners mm-hmm. and told me that he had tested uh, positive for an STI. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, let me email my doctor right quick. Yep. Um, schedule something. Mm-hmm. I'm on a test. And as soon as I get those results, I'll send you the link so you can have access to the my chart mm-hmm. and you can see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can look or we can get on this call with you on it and we can have this conversation with my doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no issue there. Right. I think that there is a responsibility that you have when you engage with somebody sexually that there is a responsibility for openness mm-hmm. and sometimes people act offended or act like your privacy is more important raw is law right. that, is that what you said like this is what it comes with baby. yeah just saying because Y'all motherfuckers not use no dental dams and no damn exactly. cups and stuff to eat pussy and eat ass and suck exactly. your dick. Let's be honest. So so let's have an honest conversation, right? Let's be realistic and an adult. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, I've had situations like that before where, you know, a partner has addressed me, you know, like, hey, just let you know, I had this situation pop up. I thought it was a sore throat or it was allergies, but it was chlamydia, something like that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll go get tested. You yeah. know? And I remember he was like, you're not mad at me. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, we fucking like we're adults. This is right. what comes with it. This is the risk that we all take. And luckily I have, again, access, thank God, to California's many programs, um, especially for uh, the LGBTQIA+, you know, they take care of us. And my doctor said, look, um, we're going to test you, but do you want to get the shot? I said, yes, let's go ahead and get the shot. He's like, well, you could have it um, or you couldn't, but at least if you do, you already we done already took care of it. You know, we done took that shot in that ass cheek, you know, which I did. I bent right on over and, um, you know, the doctor did the bending that day and I took that right up the ass. And, um, you know, thankfully I didn't end up having uh, chlamydia and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, it's again, it's just also about education as far as like how bacteria spreads <clears throat> You know, and uh, the the viral load and everything like that. You know, you can engage in certain sexual practices, and have been fucking with a motherfucker that could have had gonorrhea or chlamydia. You know, for just to name two of them, and you probably just didn't get enough bacteria in you to infect you with it. So it's a lot, you know. Um, but it just again comes down to sexual health, which. Uh, like I said, I've always wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth with new radio, you know, and like I say, really just disclosing because uh, I remember I told you about a particular story with a sexual partner that I had for yes. years. And, you know, we have been fucking since 2016, but we had a certain rapport and a certain type of trust, at least, uh, that was there where we were having condomless sex. And for, the last four years, of course, I was on prep. He knew this. He was on prep from my understanding. But, you know, it became to a certain point where, you know, he had became uh, positive with HIV and he didn't disclose that to me before we had. He sort of converted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We he didn't share that particular information with me um, until maybe about seven months into uh, him knowing his his new status and he was telling me that he was negative at the time you know so it was just like wait how do we navigate through this because i told you how he pretty much what he has said and i know what your advice was um but what would you say to anybody else that has been in a particular situation like that what advice did i give you <laughs> Well, you said that that was uh, pretty much morally corrupt of, of the young gentleman. Yeah. Okay. But you, you also told me that he didn't get his ass beat. Okay. You did. Yeah, I think the details, you got to refresh me on the details, but I think I do remember. Like, if you're lying, that might be a reason for somebody to want to beat your ass. Mm -hmm. And I understand why somebody might feel like they want to lie. Mm -hmm. But you're not a child. Mm -hmm. You're not in any immediate harm and going to be disciplined mm -hmm. right so the impulse to lie is connected to shame and stigma and all of those other things so deal with that mm -hmm. and don't lie right right 
don't be lying because now you've put yourself at risk for other types of harm because you lied. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so don't be out there lying. All right. Nudist. Do not fucking lie. Bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, life hack. Don't text. My Lord. If you got to have a conversation, <laughs> like you can send a preemptive text. Hey, I wanted to talk to you about something like you got some time to give me a call mm-hmm. and be ready to call. The person might be like, I'm going to call you right now. Mm-hmm. Be ready to call. Or, hey, can we talk tomorrow? Or, hey, we need to talk immediately. This mm-hmm. is really important. Whatever the case is. Um, and I think sometimes people might text. Mm-hmm. Right. But that should not be your first resort. I agree. Right. Is is you sending a text message about health status. Yeah. For anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't text to tell me you just got, you know, a cancer diagnosis. Mm. Don't text to tell me your right arm is about to fall off. Mm-hmm. Don't text to tell me you just got a positive syphilis test. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be your first choice. Now, if you have to, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't start there. Text is a cop out. Um, and tone and care and concern and all of those things cannot be read from a text. Mm -hmm. And I assume you have those things when you're calling to tell me, Hey, Mm -hmm. right. There's been an introduction of an STI Mm -hmm. and you, you need to go, you need to call your doctor. You need to go to a public health clinic, whatever, to get that checked and taken care of. Mm -hmm. I assume there's concern. I assume there's care, right? Yes. I can't read that in the text. I cannot. Because it can come off very cold. Yes. So don't text. All right. And my big thing was, you know, again, I've been doing this as far as like educating myself for years. Yeah. He and I had this rapport for years. And I know how this shit works. I know the risk factors. I told you about my situation, though. With did you? Maybe I did. So I had a, a friend... Mm-hmm. We don't talk about this can when we talk about high value friend. I had a mm-hmm. friend for years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a dope friendship mm-hmm. and a dope sexual relationship. Um, and we were both thoughts. Not thoughts. And we knew it. Mm-hmm. And we would get on the phone and kiki about our thoughtish exploits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would sometimes thought together. Right. It's always fun. Um, and <laughs> I got an STI uh, diagnosis. And that was the motherfucker I got on the phone to tell. God damn it. I got to go get this shot in my ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like I was wilding out in Miami for pride. Mm. You know, sizzle or whatever. This, these were the stories between the two of us. Come on, sizzle. We knew like. All of the intimate in and outs of both of our sexual lives, mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, some years and some distance was created between us. Mm-hmm. During that time um, was when I serial converted uh, and became aware of my status. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he and I reconnected. Gotcha. Had condomless sex. Mm-hmm. I didn't update him that my status, you know, had also updated mm-hmm. right we had sex 
we're fine. Some years go by, one or two years, maybe three years max go by. Mm-hmm. He then tells me in a follow-up conversation that he was newly diagnosed with HIV. Mm-hmm. I then, like had been the case before, I disclosed to him that, yeah, I had as well in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And he asked when, um, and it was before he and I had that reconnect hookup. Gotcha. And he blamed me for him having contracted oh. uh, HIV. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. Sure. First of all, that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. But take responsibility for your own shit, Corey. Correct. And I was like, okay, well, look, this is what we can do. Um, I'm going to send you access to my medical records. Mm-hmm. And uh, the GenoSure Prime test is the lab test. Mm-hmm. where they actually sequence um, the virus that you have. Gotcha. Um, and so, broadly speaking, a GenoSure Prime test between you and I mm-hmm. can tell us whether or not I was the person who introduced the virus to you. Mm. Right? Um, it's a very expensive test. Um, it sounds like it. And it's basically the genealogical DNA of mm-hmm. the virus. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very similar, very little change between it. So you would know if I was the person who introduced the virus to you. Mm-hmm. I had access to a lab where I could get the GenoSure Prime. Mm-hmm. And I made all of that shit available to him. Mm-hmm. And he was just so offended. And he was like, you were the reason. Like, you exposed me. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Mm. And it was at that point I decided I'm not doing this no more. From here on out, mm-hmm. it's, it's at the very beginning of any of these sexual encounters, conversations, whatever. Because that shit made me feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I did operate outside my best ethic because I should have disclosed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to take responsibility for that. And he didn't want to be my friend anymore. Um, and I was really hurt by that because we had over 10 years of friendship. Whoa. Um, and later he and I did talk and he was like, I was hurt and angry because not because of you. I, and he knew whom he had more than likely it, um, introduced the virus to him Mm -hmm. um, and all of that stuff. And he was like, I was just angry and lashing out in general, which is some of the stuff that people go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And we made amends and, you know, I apologized and he apologized and all of that, but it didn't change the fact that I was the one at that time Mm -hmm. that did that acted in a way that I had to take responsibility. Right. So I couldn't be mad at him for not wanting to be my friend anymore. I couldn't be mad at him for blaming me Mm -hmm. because as I said earlier, I created the opportunity. Right. So that, that said, um, it's important, like just to talk about it, if it happens, like, yeah. And I've had, I've like, (sighs) okay. There was a weekend. Mm hmm. Um, not there was a weekend. Um, there was a weekend. We love these stories. Uh, 
and it was a wild weekend. Mm, where did this uh, take place? Took place in New York City. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and there were multiple parties who partook in this wild weekend. Mm-hmm. All of us together. <laughs> um, and maybe a week or two later, um, I got a call from somebody saying, hey, uh, I might need to go to the doctor because I tested positive. positive. And I was like, okay, well, let me call my doctor. Mm-hmm. Let me jump on my chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reached out to all of the people who had participated in the um, frivolity um, that weekend. Come on, vocabulary. And, uh, <laughs> and in that instance, I did text everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably still have the text here. Let's see oh. if I can. Was this recent? No, but I don't delete text messages. Me either. You got to keep um, the receipts. Exposed. Let's see if that comes up. We got to check the keywords. Yeah, we're going to check keywords. <laughs> um, and so, um, so I text everybody mm-hmm. and let everybody know hey, all of us need to go and, you know, schedule an appointment um, with our primary care or public health clinic, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure we're good because somebody who was, you know, participated in the weekend with us told me um, that they tested positive for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you did the work. And one person was like, what the fuck? Yada, yada, yada. And I said, sir, I need you to calm down. Right, calm all the way down. Bring it down. Because. Yeah, I mean, that that just goes to speak to your character as a person, which I greatly respect. And hopefully they found that value, you know, being that, you know, they were all active participants and oh. said, uh, party. <laughs> a little get together, a little rendezvous. Okay. I mean, and again, it just comes down to being responsible. You know, we talk about consent as sexy as it is on new radio. I cannot stress it even more, but also just having some wherewithal and some sense, common sense at that, you know. So I'm glad that you did that. I mean, because they could have went and, I'm shit, they probably had to go and text a bunch of other people that they probably was with. Which, is why, which is why I said it. Like, here, here's the information. So you could text whoever you need to. Copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you could just send it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I text, mm-hmm. like, because I said don't text, right? True. If that, but these aren't people that I talk to regularly on the phone. Um, everyday type thing, which is why I sent the text. And mm-hmm. like I can massage words and language in such a way that when you're reading this text, mm-hmm. those things about care and concern and all of those, I've added that into the text so that you're reading it and you write and mm-hmm. you get it from reading the text. Gotcha. You know that, hey, this isn't to alarm you. I just want to make sure that um that we're all on top of our health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a text from somebody um, saying that 
they got a positive diagnosis and I wanted to make sure that everybody was cool. Mm-hmm. So um, as soon as you have an opportunity, you should reach out to schedule an appointment with your doctor to make sure we're all OK. Gotcha. And when it comes down to just uh, we we got like the hookup aspect of it, but like when it comes to the dating aspect, yeah. a partner who is positive and a partner who's negative. A uh, discordant relationship. There we go. And with those relationships, do you see do you see that often? Yeah. Do you hear about it? I mean, because I, I, I was in one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that for a period of time, my requirement was that I was only dating people who who were seroconverted. Gotcha. Who have who are living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not doing this dance. I'm not doing this song. I'm not doing this fear. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people carry like the fear of, oh, my God, what happens if I, you know, expose my partner? Oh, my God, what if the condom breaks? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, what if I forgot to take my meds? Oh, my God, how long can I not take my meds? I miss medication two days. Oh, my, like mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You put me at risk. Oh, my God. You trying to give me something. Oh, my God. Whatever the shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't dealing with it. Right. So for a long period, of, not even a long period of time, but for a substantial period of time, um, I would only date somebody else who was positive. Gotcha. Now, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about my journey living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, very openly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right away. Yeah. And there is, there's this one young man. He is really, really dope. Really mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, really great guy. Fine mm-hmm. as hell, too. Mm. Um, and he got a little thick during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, HIV negative. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the conversations that we had to have. And he was like really nervous and really scared. Mm -hmm. And I understood. And and so I had to be gentle and kind and and understanding in that regard Mm -hmm. until we got to a point where he is okay. That didn't mean he and I ended up being together or dating. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was what I was comfortable with doing. At that point, everybody's not comfortable with doing that. Everybody's not comfortable with walking you, Kenny, right through getting to a point where you understand all of these damn things and what it you means might, to be undetectable. Yeah, and you might like need that. to find a group. Mm-hmm. Um, there actually is a a gay, black gay group for mm-hmm. men who are on prep. It's a um, it's like a, Interesting. a group chat. Mm-hmm. Where where they talk about it's it's similar to a therapy group. Gotcha. Um, to help people who are HIV negative mm-hmm. and starting prep or maybe dating somebody who's you know living with the virus, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a support group. It's mm-hmm. a prep support group. Um, oh. because it's a lot, and so some people might need to do that because I can't do that with you. I'm not the weight of of trying to get you up to speed mm-hmm. might be a lot for some people. Mm-hmm. 
right? Right. Um, that might be some work you need to do outside of a relationship and not with somebody you're in a relationship with. That's yep. Which is all of those different they're different dynamics. So you gotta mm-hmm. figure that out and then work your way to there. And so so now um I can be in a relationship with somebody who is or isn't. Mm-hmm. That ain't doesn't matter to me. Um, but I I don't really care to convince anybody anymore, ever. Do you say, for example, if you dig in a relationship with someone who is HIV negative, do you suggest that if, say, for example, they're not on PrEP already, um, maybe for a piece of their mind, at least, that they get on PrEP or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that you got to take your own health status into your own hands. Correct. And not rely on me. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Because I could fall off a cliff tomorrow mm-hmm. and then you're going to be in a relationship with somebody else that your health status is now in their hands again. Mm-hmm. Right? So you got to take that into your own hands. I'm not going to um, be irresponsible or do any of the things that would jeopardize your life or livelihood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's your responsibility. And so I would encourage them to mm-hmm. and encourage them to, to, to learn more about it um, and, and, and to do that. But if they decided that they didn't want to um, because I'm undetectable, that would be okay too. Right. Because I'm taking my meds every day. Um, not every day. Sometimes I forget. How long know. does it take to... To go from undetectable to detectable if you are missing your meds, for example. So I'm going to be non-scientific. This is not medical advice. And some (laughs) medical people will want to fight me Uh for saying this. But there are different, like, practical applications for PEP and PrEP and different stuff like that. Like, the UK model for taking PrEP. Isn't that you got to take it for 30 days and take it consistently. Like if you're exposed, you take it for a period of time, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, But getting from undetectable uh, to your viral load, getting to a a detectable level Mm -hmm. um, could take somewhere between two weeks at the soonest. Um. But it could take somewhere like a month or two. Wow. Right? The half-life, mm-hmm. um, and for, for those of you who are not familiar, half-life is the amount of time that a medication remains um, effective in your body right. um, beyond when you took it. So the half-life of, of HIV meds is pretty long. As a matter of fact, and mm-hmm. and and to be quite honest, and if you if you pin medical professionals and researchers down, you like get them in a headlock and mm-hmm. you want them to tap out. <laughs> They'll tap out until you like three or four days of taking your meds is probably enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That three or four days out of the week, mm-hmm. as long as you take your meds, you'd be fine. Gotcha. Right. But compliance is really important Mm -hmm. because that three or four days turns into a pattern of not doing it for longer than that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then you put yourself at risk and, and you forget and, and all of these other things. So take your meds when you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But if you forget, if something happens, et cetera, you don't got to panic. You're not going to die. You're not going to turn green. You're not like going to that the germ. Mm-hmm. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation with your doctor. Have a conversation with the medical professional. Um, get updated lab work, find out what's going on, and that's it. But but when you're out of compliance, you run the risk of the virus mutating. Um, you run the risk of the virus um, like coming back like with a vengeance because mm-hmm. it's been scared of the motherfucking medication all this time and hiding out in your bone marrow, and now, bitch, I'm about to go off, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you want to avoid because there are other opportunistic things that could happen. Um, but it ain't that, you know, I stopped taking my medicine that day. Oh my God, July, he did. Right. Yeah. Cause I know with our doctors, uh, with prep, you know, the effectiveness, the, the efficacy of it dies down as the days go by. So usually, you know, by day three, day yeah. seven, yeah. your protection is a waning. lot less than yeah. just waning just in the in sun. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I take mine. I started taking mine every day um, in the evening because, again, I was afraid of like the gastro problems. I'm yeah. like, I just go to sleep with a, oh, bubble guts or something. But I take mine every day at eleven in the morning now. And there's, I mean, there there are a lot of reasons why people don't. Um, social reasons, like I remember when I first started taking medication, I was like, it got to be a one pill regimen, baby, because I'm not about to be walking around here like no sick person with all these motherfucking pills. Mm-hmm. And when I go out of town, I got to take the pills and it's jiggling in my fucking bag. And now I'm mm-hmm. worried about who hear the pills. And, and now they know it's HIV meds instead of Advil. Calm the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> and so there are solutions to all of these things that, right, you can ask to get your medication in a blister pack mm-hmm. right where you can tear off the little pack for the day mm-hmm. and have it or you can order blister packs on amazon oh. and and you know put your prep medication with your daily multivitamin or your allergy meds or whatever all in that that one blister pack this is what i gotta take for the day that's how I do and it. that'd be fine right mm-hmm. so you don't have to carry around a the old school peel container that that grandma the now Tuesday yeah M T yeah mm-hmm. so you don't got to carry that mm-hmm. um you don't got to have a jiggling peel bottle mm-hmm. or you don't have to worry about if somebody comes over to your house are they gonna see the medication bottle on my dresser are they gonna see it in my medicine cabinet mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about those things mm-hmm. but for people who that is a concern mm-hmm. you can get it in a blister pack. Right. You can you can order from Peel Pack mm-hmm. um, any number of things. Yeah. Right. So ask the questions and tell your provider, tell counselors what your issues are, what your concerns are, what mm-hmm. you don't like, what you would like. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there is a solution, if there is some way for us to mollify whatever that is, mm-hmm. that can happen. But that requires you to talk. I like that. So, I mean, you know. With that, I feel like, you know, we definitely crack the code on just introduction of being honest and transparent and disclosing, you know, when it comes to our sexual health, 
we definitely will have to touch on uh, when it comes to mental health soon enough in a mm-hmm. in another episode uh, in the future. But um, I'm just happy that we got the time to actually sit down and chat about this particular yeah. one, especially it being Pride Month and uh, being that so many of us are queer individuals, you know, we we this is home for us. Yeah. And we have to know uh, what's going on in our neighborhoods, you know, and fucking with the lights on like your grandma would say. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So is there any. uh any messages that you want to send off to the nudists before we in uh, this particular episode? Yeah, I would just say that STIs, um, for the most part, are treatable and controllable, mm-hmm. like many other chronic illnesses that exist, high blood pressure, diabetes. Um, any number of things, yep. right? You wear glasses to mitigate your poor eyesight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, HIV is no different. Other STIs are are no different. They're chronic, treatable conditions mm-hmm. that people can live healthy, successful, normal lives with. And we got to remove the stigma around that. I. I told the story about how I got into it with a family member. Mm-hmm. She was talking about how I got HIV. And I said, baby, we both got chronic illnesses. Oh, right? you about yours that is one. diabetes, mine is HIV. Mm-hmm. You ate your way into yours and I fucked my way into mine. What's the difference, girl? Mm. Right? Yep. And when you, when you adopt that perspective mentally, it level sets a great deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Because ain't nobody looking at people crying. Girl, you know she got diabetes. Mm-hmm. Girl, you know she when she went to that buffet and, and ate all that food, that's how she got it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She was over there eating at, uh, at Bobby House. That's mm-hmm. how she got it. Mm-hmm. But we're gossiping. That's how when he was fucking that weekend in Miami, that's how he got Shut the fuck up. That's you like- was eating it and I was eating it too. Now what? Not eating the cakes. Hello? Ooh. Um. So that's it. Uh. We'll all be all right. Take care of yourself. Yes. Because you only got one body. You can't trade it in. They can't really fix parts. Mm -hmm. They can't order no parts. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You be on the goddamn waiting list years trying to get a transplant for something. Okay. Um, And then when you do go get parts fixed, a hip, knee, all that, it don't work the same. So take care of yourself as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Not because you're scared of anything, but because you want to have a good quality of life. That's why you take care of your sexual health. Because I want to keep having good sex. Yes. That's it. Which, again, here at New Radio, we definitely champion great, consensual, mature. Consent is sexy. It's so sexy. Like, yeah. Tell me what you want me to do to you. Ooh. Come through. I love that. (laughs) But no, um, definitely thank you for your expertise. Excellent. Absolutely. And your vocabulary. I want y'all to play some of those words back and look them up and come back to me <laughs> and let me know what you learned. Okay. You know, on my podcast, that was one of the things we did as uh, every episode. Mm-hmm. I have vocabulary words. <laughs> okay. Listen, we all got to learn something, you know, but uh, definitely uh, give me your feedback. 
like I said, subscribe to Nude Radio, streaming on all platforms where you can listen to a podcast. Make sure to follow us uh, here at New Radio on Twitter, at Nude Radio 101, and on Instagram under the same handle. Send me that feedback to my personal Instagram at Kenny Heflin. And also make sure to reach out to Corey on your Twitter and Instagram, possibly maybe a TikTok. Right? Possibly. My only rule is not Facebook because I don't know people. And Facebook is really for people that I know. If you send me a message on Facebook, does anybody do that anymore? I don't know. People but if try. you do, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm really gonna give you the silent treatment and dub the fuck out of you there because Facebook is for people who I actually have relationships, substantial relationships. Yeah, that's like family so, and yeah. Like so anywhere else, and... feel free. Clubhouse, <laughs> it's all Corey L. Scott on everything, even Facebook. That. But come on, branding. Yeah. Yes. Well, definitely thank you, Corey, again. And I definitely want to wish you guys a happy Pride Month. And uh, again, consent and sexy, communication sexy, transparency is sexy, and disclosure of who we are is sexy. So go ahead, get y'all fucking on, be sexy, all of that. Let us know how the sex is. Let us know what you learned from this episode. But, um, Thanks again, Corey. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye.